Welcome to the High Yellow Podcast. I'm your host, David West. And before I even introduce my guest, uh, give a quick shout out to, got kind of a live audience. Uh, got a lot of family came from New Orleans to come and uh, watch the podcast. So uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for coming. Uh, but I got a special guest in the building. Also drove from New Orleans as well. Uh, Noel Ellis, how you doing, bro? I'm good. Glad to be on. For sure, man. Good to have you, of course, bro. Um, happy you was able to drive in. How was the driving uh, yesterday? It was cool. I always take this drive because uh, I went to Texas A&M. Yeah. So took the drive from New Orleans to Texas a lot. Yeah, at this point, it's probably like common practice, you know, all the drives I'm, I'm assuming you've made. Um, But, yeah, jump right into it, man. I'm happy you brought up A&M because we can go right into it, right? Um, So if you don't know Noel, former college football player at Texas A&M University, and he's kind of since then transitioned over into coaching, man. That's kind of where I want to uh, begin, if you wouldn't mind, because – I feel like football is a big part of your ethos, man, and uh, how you came up. So, yeah, man, talk about it. Kind of, we'll, we'll double back and go into playing at A and M, but kind of making that transition uh, to coaching, man. How's that been? Uh, it's been it's been cool for me. At first, it was rough because I really didn't like the way my playing my playing career ended. Yeah. So at first it was rough, but you know I kind of came to terms with you know the reality of it. You know, it's just a challenge that I had to deal with and. I'm glad about the transition because I can now show kids and the youth that I'm coaching, you know, the the challenges that I went through. For sure. So they're, you know, better prepared for it. For sure, man. And you do this uh coach high school football. Yeah. In uh in the New Orleans area where we where you grew up and um kind of talk about New Orleans uh specifically cuz uh I had my dad on a few weeks ago and we talked about this um kind of how I feel like uh how how I had to depart from New Orleans due to Katrina. I feel like I missed out on a lot of different uh, aspects, like family and different things of that nature, man. So just coming up in New Orleans, bro, let's talk about it. How was it for you, man? What kind of uh, I mean, just coming up? It, it was cool. I, I mean, a lot of people in New Orleans, they, they say they don't like it and, you know, they want to get away. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really feel that way. Like, I really love the city I come from. You know, it, it has its negatives, but I like I like the positives about it. Yeah. You know, you 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 really in control of you know what you do in the world. It's like sure. I stay away from all the negative things. I just you know stay in my own lane, yeah. and you know it works for me. And for sure, yeah, for sure. Um, I think yeah, it's interesting you say people probably uh trying to get out of there. Um, it's I, I feel like for me, man, you know, just again how the way I had to exit out of there is probably that's what it is because I've heard it from people as well. Um, they want to get out of there, but I feel like as you grew up in a certain area, you know, you kind of, you get a little tired of and sick of it. But, um, yeah, man, you came up in New Orleans. Uh, you started, uh, was football the first sport you uh, picked up? or? Nah, actually, my first ball was uh, basketball. Oh, really? Yeah, I like, didn't know that, man. Let's yeah. talk about it. So, yeah, I played all sports, really, when I was young. I played basketball, soccer, uh, football at Terrytown Playground. You know, I, played, okay. I, I really pride myself on being a all-around athlete, you know, for sure, playing for sure. everything else. Playing everything really helped me as a as an athlete, you know, growing up. You mm-hmm. know. So when uh, what age were you playing basketball? How early on? I think I started at like eight years old, seven eight years eight old. Eight years old, and then when did you ultimately decide to pick up a football? When did that uh kind of come around? Around the same time. It's just you know when I got to high school, you know, as I got older, I felt like I had to like stick to one sport you know, yeah. to perfect the craft of it. Mm. You know, so I can go far, and it really worked out for me. But now that I look back on it, I, I still feel like I could have 
still played basketball because I regret not playing because I didn't get to play for my high school mm-hmm. and things like that because I was so focused on football. But it all worked out, man. Yeah, for sure. I'd say so, man. You uh, went to Carr. And uh, I think uh, from the outside looking in, man, Carr is always dominant. Like, I, I try to keep up with uh, high school football as much as I can because I feel like in the South especially, I had my man uh, Larry on a few uh, weeks ago as well. We was kind of giving uh, diving into how prominent football specifically is in the South, man. And we, the the conclusion we kind of came up with is that for a lot of a lot of people of uh, color, you know, it that's really the only way out, right? So that's the only way to. So you have the most competitive teams be in the South, right? So we're kind of uh, going to car, man. How how was the competitiveness and uh, how what, how was your time there, man? How did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot, and it really molded me into, you know, the, the person I am today. Mm. You know, they they were, they taught you a lot about adversity, and they were the the, the coaches there. Yeah. They were more than football coaches, like they were really life coaches. Mm. You know, they uh really prepare you for life there, and their title is football coach, but before anything, they are really your life coach, and you can really go to those guys. For anything other than football, just yeah. just to talk at times if you're going through stuff, you know they always there for you. And me being a coach there now, I see firsthand like on how I was treated and how mm-hmm. I was coached, and I get to coach guys that same way, and and it's good because they really receptive to it, you know. Because at first right. when I was getting coached like that from those guys, I was like, man, these dudes tripping. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But now I see and. Recently, I had to thank, you know, those guys for the way they stayed on me and everything. Right. And, you know, they really appreciated that. And they look at themselves like, yeah, I'm really doing it. You know, mm. and see, now I'm really doing it now. Yeah. That's dope, bro. It, he, even hearing you say that, man, I'm thinking about it, man. Damn, had I stayed in New Orleans, bro, I, I probably could have went uh, D1 too, man. You probably probably would have been <laughs> probably would have messing with you, bro. We probably, you know, doing a little something. Yep. Uh, but... <laughs> No, that's interesting, man. You spent all four years at Carr, and obviously, uh, where where is Carr deep? Is that cent- like in New- Central New Orleans, or where exactly? Yeah, uh, it's on the West Bank and Algiers. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, I guess uh, aside from football, man, just the school itself, man. How was that uh, attending there, and just uh, I guess outside of the more inside the classroom, you know, how was uh, that was? Uh, it, it was cool. You know, the teachers they. They they care about the football team they right. do but they they want us to be student athletes mm. so the student part is really important to the teachers at call and they really uh really push that but they support us in athletics as well yeah I could imagine man how difficult is that student aspect of it man because I feel like again on the outside looking in man how I watch Carr be a top team every single year. I would imagine that they ho- they hold you guys to the highest of standards, right? So I could imagine, uh, I'm sure it's like almost like a college environment, right? Because it's man, they they expect greatness out of you guys. So how was the pressure uh, dealing with that on a day to day basis? Uh, that's that's great you say on a day to day basis because yeah. that's a lot, that's a lot of what we talk about. The, you know, it's really not about the X's and O's all the time. We uh really push each other to be the best we can be every mm. single day, mm. you know. And we talk about accountability a lot, talk about brotherhood, you know, pride and discipline, mm. things like that. So with the accountability part, 
we always say that everything starts with yourself, you know. So to hold someone else accountable, you always got to hold yourself accountable first before right. you can do that, you know. So we just preach the little things, little, little things all the time. And, you know, if you can't do the little things, you know, you, you definitely can't do big things. So mm. it's always small things we talk about. So really discipline. For sure, man. And I could imagine, like you said, like the coaching was great. You know, I'm sure they uh, look how you came out, right? So um, freshman year, right, you come in. Um, were you guys how, – how did it? How did you guys start off when you first got there? Because uh, I know senior year, I, I believe y'all won, y'all won the state title, uh-huh. right, right? So um, was that success all four years, or how, how did it kind of play out when you first entered CAR? Uh, if you could remember, I know it's uh, been a little minute. It's been um, a couple of, when I first entered CAR uh, – they they really had real talented players mm. and uh we when we when I first got there we didn't have no state championships since like 1994 but we always had great players like when I first got there it was like the beginning of the process of what we are the now. dynasty really yeah this, that was the very beginning of the dynasty that we have and you know the players that we had you know some players are in the NFL some went on to play big time college ball and. I really give those guys a lot of credit for what car is today. You know, guys like Munchie Lego, uh, Cornelius Lucas. Are these guys in the NFL today, or some some of them are, and okay. some of them are, you know, out coaching like I am. Got you. Yeah. You know, they they're doing that thing. Got you, man. And then uh, bring up QB one, bro. You put me on that last night, bro. I got to go ahead and finish watching it because uh, uh, a little acting in there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, what what was going on uh, with, with QB1? Kind of, because I guess you had a little background into what was going on. I think that was filmed. Yeah, uh, yeah so QB1, that's, that was just like a... Oh, for uh, the people watching, we were talking about uh, the documentary on uh, Netflix. He put me onto it last night, man. He had yeah. a little a snippet. Yeah, there. so my first season coaching, I was at Warren Easton High School yeah. with my dad. And uh, like I just mentioned, Munchie Lego. Yeah. He, uh, he's the quarterback coach at Warren Easton, offensive coordinator. So QB one is a you know a series on the top quarterbacks that they handpicked in the nation. Mm. So they handpicked it, handpicked uh, a quarterback from one Eastern that year. I think that was 2018, 2019. Yeah. So his his name is Lance Jones. He's at Maryland University right now. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, that that show was really about him. You know, I. The cameras used to be around like every other week wow. and everything. Just Shit. following him around, you know, follow him in class, follow him at practice mm-hmm. for games and stuff like that. Did you have a chance to meet him? Have you ever chopped it up with him at all? Yeah, I used to talk to him a lot. They used to uh, talk, talk to me, talk to all the other coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So Easton and Carb, man, because that, uh, that was a big part of what, we, what you showed me last night, man, how they ended up playing. That was a state title, right? They played mm-hmm. for in the Dome. Um I guess what are some of the differences, man? Because I look at it, uh, two dominant high school teams, uh, a lot of success in the past four years, like you mentioned. Um, what's that rivalry about, man? Because, uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's a real deep rivalry. Because I feel like you got a good perspective, man. You haven't coached there both places, you know? You know? Yeah. And then playing at Carr, you know? Yeah. So it's a real deep rivalry. And it, and it kind of really got deep and intense over the past few years. You know, okay. It wasn't always like that. Kind of just got like that, you know. With uh, some guys that that went to call, they're they're at Eastern now, and some guys that coached that call 
at Easton, you know. So yeah, some guys that so both schools are in New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. So and it's it's an intense rivalry, but at the end of the day, it's it's all love. It's right. it's good friendship, but it's a real competitive rivalry between the coaches and the kids. Mm. No, it's interesting you said that. Again, I I really feel like uh, it's I really can correlate it to like a college co- uh, college uh, environment, man. Because again, man, you guys are the top of the state, and y'all battle it out just about every year, especially as of late, man. Um, kind of want to dive into senior year, man. Because that was that the only time you were part of the state team, or did y'all was that the only time y'all went to state uh, your senior year, or? Uh, actually, no. We went to state my sophomore year and junior year. But we lost those two years. Oh shoot! Yeah, so that's why. And, and it's crazy. I wanted to talk about like the process. The process. Yeah, know? let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. So, in a process, you know, sometimes you gotta fail. Of course. You know, and that's what what happened in the dynasty process of call. Mm-hmm. You know, we we failed at first, and feeling that failure, it only drove us to wanna you know, come together even more so we can get that end result that we wanted. Yeah. You know, and we had it had, we had to do some deep evaluating to see what we were doing wrong, even evaluate the things we were doing right so we can ultimately put it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, so my sophomore year, we had a lot of talent, you know, probably a lot of, you know, different egos, so it didn't come together, you know, as mm-hmm. fast as we wanted to. But we all were real talented. But we came up short that year. Uh, you think the Eagles was a part of it? Because I feel like every great team, you know, you're going to have those. Uh, whenever a dynasty doesn't work out how it's initially planned to, it's almost, I feel like the narrative is always egos, man. It's a lot of talent is trying to balance those egos. You think that's what it was your, your sophomore year? Yeah, probably. I probably had this. I, yeah. Okay, egos. for sure. Yeah, egos. Right. And then the following year, my junior year, I have to say Eagles again as well, mm. you know. So going into my senior year, we we made that a thing. Like, look, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about him. It's not about no single individual, you know. It's about all of us and what we can achieve together, mm. you know, and we really preached brotherhood a lot going into my senior year yeah. and accountability. Like, going into my senior year, our coaches really didn't have to coach us. You okay. know, we really coached and policed ourselves, and that's really how we were so successful that year. And for the years after that, the teams after us, they really try to model and do that same thing. You know, they try to hold themselves accountable. They, they try to run their own team. Because yeah, yeah. ultimately, teams, teams really win games. You know, players sure. players win games. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. So, because the coaches, they can't be out there. They can't make yeah, checks. Yeah. They can't call audibles. They can't make these catches, make these throws. Yeah. And as players, they got to, you know, come to terms with that. So they got to really say, like, man, this is really on us. Mm-hmm. So we got to do the deep work and go through this process. Yeah, not to cut you off, but that uh, that ego check, man, because uh, you're not giving yourself credit, but I'm about to praise you, dog. You was <laughs> cold, man. Like, we're not going to act like you wasn't just – I guess you cold, bro. Like, you know, you did your thing out there, man. Um, it, yeah. How – 
like you say, ego check for everybody, man. Was that, you being as talented as you were, man, is that something you had to uh, sort of uh, go, comp, you know, deal with as well? Sort of that ego check? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I had a huge e- ego at first, you know. I just thought, like, my stuff ain't stink, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I had to. Relate. You can cuss on there, brother. You can cuss on there, man. My bad. I don't be telling the rules, bro. Ain't no rules, but we can cuss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I just really had to humble myself, you right. know. So, and humbling myself was the best thing I could do because you never want nobody to humble you. Yeah. You always want to humble yourself. And I think that's the best thing I could have did. And, and humbling myself, I really practice uh, the word humility a lot. And. Mm-hmm. That's simply just, you know, thinking, putting putting others before yourself. And yeah. people might think that's a weak thing to do. It's really not, Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. And then for all that to come together, we get to senior year. Uh, y'all go undefeated? Oh, yeah. Senior year, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, run me through that, man. We'll get let's, Before we even get to state, man, because obviously that was a big deal, losing uh, two consecutive years, going on to win state, yeah, your senior year especially. Uh, run me through that season, man. What was that like, man? Just playing, going undefeated. You know, uh, again, I feel like that ego could definitely have uh, played, been a factor, came in. You know, you, you go about 8-0, whatever, you know, you going to start feeling yourself a little bit. So, man, how did y'all manage that? And uh, what was that like right in the season, your senior year? Man, it was – it was easy. Really? It, it was it was a breeze because, like I said, we failed before. Mm. We failed the, the two years before. So coming around that third time, we knew everything we had to do. We had the experience. We had the talent. We had the team chemistry. We had the brotherhood. We had the discipline, the accountability. Everything was there. Yeah. So it was really easy, bro. It was smooth sailing. We took it week by week, you know. Want to know every week? That's what we said. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, we went through all the process and we got the end result we wanted. Right. So playing in the y'all played in the dome all three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all already had some uh, familiarity. You know, y'all already familiar with the uh, you know what what that entailed, man. Um, so y'all get to state and what was that game like? I, what was the how, how did that play out, man? <laughs> I I I go. I'm laughing because, like, I, can, I remember this like it was yesterday. Like, walking in the Superdome my sophomore year and junior year, I'm, I'm just looking up, like, wow, this is the Superdome. Yeah. Like, wow, this is what the Saints play. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at those bright lights. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the Superdome. For sure. So, senior year, just walked in there, like, tunnel vision, like, on a mission. Like, mm. it's, it's time. Like, we've we been here before, like. We know what we gotta do, mm. and not only I was had that mindset. Everybody on the team had that mindset. Like we got off the bus, we walked in the Superdome, just walked straight to the locker room, got dressed, got ready for practice, you know. And then the very next day it was game time. We just knew what we had to do. It was had it, business. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it was man. really it was it was a business at that point. It's like mm. we were on a mission, you know. So. Yeah, we did a, had our tucks, had our suitcase, like, oh, okay. let's go. <laughs> okay, for sure, man. And then, uh, obviously, y'all went on to win it. Then, um, uh, moving a little forward, uh, signing day. You end up, when, when is the signing day process for people that don't know? Uh, it's always the first week of February. Okay, before was that before the game, y'all state game, or uh, after? After, after. It was so after. Oh, okay, state, it was after. State okay, championship good. is always, like, the second week, first, second week in December. Okay. Yeah. Signing, okay. Signing day is 
usually the first week in February. No, I hope you said that because it all fits in the timeline. Then. So you end up signing. Uh, I, what besides A and M? Where else were you uh, thinking about uh potentially going to? Uh, I had I considered Tennessee and Knoxville and mm-hmm. uh, Ole Miss and Oxford, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Starkville, and uh, Colorado. So that was my top five, but. I really wanted to play in the SEC coming out of high yeah. school. You know? The competitiveness of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a real competitive conference. And coming out, I really wanted to be a part of that. Did LSU offer you? No, nah, they did No? They Is that where you uh, – was that one of the places you – I guess, uh, where did you uh, – if there was a place you could have went that you wanted to – or was A&M th- that place where you wanted to go? So, so growing up, I did – I was a big fan of LSU, big yeah. fan of Miami, you know, those schools. But mm-hmm. – being a prospect, being a recruit, you know, I th- I really felt like all of that had to go out the window. So I yeah. had to, like, you know, train my mind to, like, start fresh and really evaluate these schools. Yeah. And I had some mishaps in the process. You know, I, re- I really wish I can get the process back. But, you know, what's done is done. It's all good. Of course. And then so you end up signing with a and uh, You get to College Station, right? And uh, – Something I know about you, man. You 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 really low key chilling, man. I, I know I, I know how you feel about Texas, man. You say it's bigger than uh what a, anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And in College Station, having been there a few times and uh, kind of seeing how they do things around there, man. What kind of transition was that, bro? Because, like I said, co- College Station is a college like it's College Station, you know. So yeah, you know you time. humble dude, be chilling, real quiet. You know how was that a uh, transition for you? Uh. It was. It wasn't that bad, you know. College Station is a real nice town. It's not, you know, too hype and all that. You know, it's it's. It was like me being from New Orleans. It was an easy transition for me, you mm. know, because New Orleans is small. You know, I just, you know, just stay in my own lane. Like you say, I'm real chill, quiet. Yeah. You know, it it was easy for me. Yeah. Don't be going out much, chilling. Nah. Um, was. How was the culture tra- like? Was it how was the co- how would you compare the cultures? Are they uh, similar in any way? Like obviously, New Orleans is a more vibrant, lively city, whereas Texas, in general, for me at least personally, having li- lived here just about all my life, it's kind of uh, more mellow. You know, it's more calm down. How so? That was something you noticed too, or yeah, I, I noticed that uh, as far as the culture wise, I I just couldn't adapt to the. Food-wise mm. and stuff, you know, you know, yeah. in New Orleans, the food is amazing, and I just had to. I find, won't disagree with you there, you know. Yeah, no, we do, you know, we <laughs> right. I had to find uh, ways to adapt to the food out here, mm. but it was it was all right, you know. Yeah, so get the freshman year, man. Uh, before we talk about your process, man, I, I gotta ask you, bro, Johnny Manziel, man, what what? <laughs> What the hell, bro? What's that like, man? What, what was playing with that dude like of all people, man? Cause I, you know, I, I came to a few of your games, uh, got to see both of you play, man, and just the character. This is obviously, without question, one of the most entertaining people in college football history, man. So you kind of got an inside view, man. A kind of that kind of what kind of dude he was. I think it was 2014. When did you enter? Uh, 2013. 2013. 2013. Yeah. So yeah, man. What was bro like? Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you could recruit him to get on the podcast, bro, I'd be live. I'm like, oh, I we can get that going. Nah, I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, man, what was uh, he like, bro, you know? Uh, he was real cool, real down-to-earth dude. You know, he uh invited us over to his crib a couple times, you know, we chill. Wow. At at, at uh, the practice facility, you know, he, he handled his business. Mm. You know, it, it was a good experience, you know, being on a team with 
with Johnny, you know, even practicing with him, you know, the same same stuff he used to do in games. He used to do that stuff in practice, and it was amazing to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as a fan looking in, man, I probably admit, man, it, not only did you, the two of you put me on college football, man, but, you know, A&M specifically, because, like I said, I got to come to a few games, got to watch you guys ball out, man. Um, and yeah, it was a beautiful thing to watch, man. And again, yeah. one of the most entertaining players to ever play. Yeah. So uh, not even John. Yeah, it was a couple great players that were on campus my freshman year, like uh, Mike Evans. Oh, know? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he was another cool dude, you mm. know, real down to earth. And I had a chance to co- compete with him in practice a, a lot of times. So that was a great experience. Yeah. You know. Dive into that a little more, man. Going up against Mike Evans, bro. That's, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, man, he was definitely out there, man. This dude, obviously, going on to have a great career with the Bucks. Uh, what was that like? What was those battles, like, man? Because you were you coming in top corner, you know? It was a, it was a real challenge. You know, Mike is very big, very athletic. No, he was six five two eighty. No, he's yeah, he's big dude, man. Runs a runs a four four. So yeah. it was a challenge, you know, but he definitely made me better as a defensive back. So. Or, it was a pleasure going up with him. You know, he he would get me, and I would like really want to go with him even more, just to challenge myself and to get a win against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. A and M as a whole, you between the lines, bro. How how was uh? I guess we'll go straight freshman year, man. How was that? Uh, how was that? Uh, how'd you enjoy your first season there, man? My first season, it was it was very fun. You know, and I was fresh out of high school. You know, coming into college football, something I always wanted to do. I always yeah. wanted to play college football. I grew up playing NCAA football on a PlayStation mm-hmm. all day. So when I finally got there, I was like, man, it's here. You know, I wrote down goals, academic goals, freshman year goals, you know, and I set out to uh, meet them. You know, it was it was very fun. I used to make plays and practice, you know, just competing against myself, my peers, and everybody else in the conference and the mm-hmm. nation, you know, my freshman year was very fun. Looking back on it, man, the freshman year specifically, uh, do you think you accomplished those goals you uh, set out for yourself, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I had about 25 tackles. Uh, I forced, like, three turnovers. For sure. You know, and uh, I didn't I didn't make SEC all freshmen. Mm-hmm. I, that's a goal I had for myself. I didn't get to uh, get that one. Yeah, you know it's all good. Was the competitiveness? I could imagine it was exactly what you expected. SEC, you got the LSU's, the Florida's. Uh, what was that like going against those teams uh, week in and week out? Uh, going against, yeah, yeah, going against those teams week in and week out. It was, it's, it's the best of the best. It's like the mini NFL, like the NFL yeah. of college. You know, going against Auburn. Then the very next week you got Alabama. Mm-hmm. And the next week after that, you might have Ole Miss. You know, it, it was a real challenge. And me, myself, I, I like challenges, you know, because yeah. things worth having don't come easy. You mm-hmm. know, so those those challenges, like, really prepare me for life that I'm going through right now. Got you, man. That's, that's a big thing, man. Uh, I could imagine uh, just being a – finally get to that college football, and then I can't imagine the life lessons they teach you, man, you know. Um so you kind of hinted at it earlier, man. You ended up redshirting. You know, you kind of – you had your uh, – you had a situation, man. I'll let you uh, kind of tell your story about that, man, and uh, you wouldn't mind, you know, mm-hmm. to that and stuff, you know. So, so yeah, 
when I got when after my freshman year of college, it, it really hit me like, yeah, I'm this is real like life, you know, and yeah. life hits you when you least expect it. You know, things hit you that are sometimes really out of your control and that's when you have to lean on your faith and that's something I didn't do all the time. You know, I always growing up I tried to lean on my own understanding, you know. Mm. And as I grew up more and I'm still growing, you know, my faith is building even stronger. But it really started after my freshman year in college when uh I was diagnosed with diabetes and you know, going into my sophomore year, my freshman year I was the the dime yeah. cornerback. So that's like a reserve cornerback, mm-hmm. you know. I accepted that role being a freshman, you know, everybody doesn't come in and play right away. For sure, of course. So I accepted that role and going into the next year I was supposed to step into the starting role, yeah. you know, and doing what I was having to do. I was going to work, I was going to class, I was handling my business, you know. Of course, of course. Doing doing everything that I can control to the best of my ability. And, you know, I just started losing weight. You know, I went from, like, 182 to 156. Wow. Yeah. And it didn't it didn't happen just like that. Yeah, of it course, gradually. Over, over you know. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, what's going on? Like, I was losing my eyes. You eye. had no idea what was happening. Uh, I was losing my eyesight. I was uh, peeing too much. <laughs> I was... Yeah. Uh, drinking a lot and just losing weight, losing strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just getting real small. But meanwhile, I'm in the weight room. I'm going hard. Like, yeah. I'm still Noel. I'm so still, they pushing you, man. They, uh, yeah. You don't know what's going on. They obviously don't. So obviously, you pushing yourself to, yeah, you I'm, know, you're from the start. You're trying, you know, so. Yeah, I'm lifting heavy. Like normal, yeah. But I do feel <laughs> how weak I'm getting. And just one day we was outside on the field conditioning and I'm usually you know top three coming in first second yeah you know in the in the sprints and everything I'm I'm usually up there this day I was dead last mm. you know strenuously pushing myself like man what's going on I just stopped I hit the floor I harder breathing the trainer walked up to me hey man what's going on you all right and I was like man I I can't see because on the practice field, they used to have banners of Texas A&M, you yeah. know, mm. stuff. I'm looking around the field. Like, all that stuff is just a blurry. Mm. I'm like, man, I can't see. Like, I'm weak. I'm trying to he he. The first thing came to his mind, I, I must have uh, HIV or something. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, oh, he started asking me questions about, he started asking me questions about have I had sex and all this unprotected like college station, man. I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, like man, no. <laughs> so, so so he uh get me up, they bring me to the hospital, I get my blood sugar tested. Yeah. Blood sugar is at one thousand nineteen. Yeah, break that down because I having so how does that uh is that so a normal person's blood sugar is ranges between 90 and 120. Okay. So you, so you, you're not that you're, Okay. You're going to stay between 90 and 120, and your pancreas is going to produce insulin for you to stay in that range. Okay, gotcha. So 
my pancreas was shut down. It's just totally wow. don't produce any more insulin. So mm. by not producing no insulin, when I eat and stuff like that, blood sugar is going to continue to go up, 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 up. Yeah. And it got up to 1,019. Wow. And I mean, while I told you where it's supposed to be, 90 and 120. Yeah. 1,019. Shit, man. Word. And then, uh, I, not to cut your story, and then you said uh, you was talking with the trainers, right, and they was uh, kind of figuring out what was going on. So, uh that that initial test was that uh, done by the trainers when they uh, when they f- found out your blood sugar? They that was. Uh... Now I had to go into the hospital. They brought me to the hospital, got tested, checked, and everything. And I forgot how it really went, but yeah. I, I I believe I was released. They got my blood sugar down, then I was released. Okay. And but I didn't know what that was about. You yeah. Know? So the very next day, I meet with that same trainer. He tells me I have diabetes. Okay. And when he told me that, you know, I kind of felt something. I felt my life change at that moment because wow. that's having diabetes is a real life changing thing. Your, yeah, your diet course, changes. Of course. You have to eat different. You have to do this, do that. Take your medicine. Take your shots. I felt that in that moment when he told me that, mm. and it's like some just push me or something like something yeah. punch me in i could imagine like you said your your whole life changed man i, I felt obviously that. your personal change but uh not to discredit that but on the field man how did that uh what, what's next after that man did you have to you actually had the red shirt and uh yeah so what, what i guess what followed once you initially found out what came next as far as uh on the field how to what kind of you know uh i just i just i I really was uneducated on what diabetes really was. Like, yeah. I, I I thought I was about to die or something. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really know. So, you know, they just educated me on what it was and, you know, what I have to do to, you know, come back from this. You know, it was, it was another challenge, like I talk about. It was, a, it was a challenge for me, a challenge, and that I'm still dealing with mm-hmm. today and that yeah. I've accepted that I have to deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah, not to uh, beat on a dead horse or anything, but uh, you kind of talked about at, at the at the beginning uh, how it affected your football career and how it didn't end the way you necessarily wanted it to. Um, I guess over time, how have you been able to cope with that and, you know, uh, just move better from that, man? Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's a tough thing, to, uh, thing, man. And, you know, that... Me getting diagnosed with diabetes, that was just something that was totally out of my control. Of course, man. You know, I... There's nothing I could do to reverse that. Uh, you know, I couldn't question God. You know, he that that's what he put on me. So For sure. something I have to deal with. And that's just something I really try to tell the kids that I coach today. You know, yeah. you're going to deal with things now and later in your life that you can't control. And a, a big, you know, quote they learn from me is to just respond. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the adversity you face is about how you respond to your adversity. Mm-hmm. And that's all I tell them to do, man. Just just respond to whatever situation it is that you're facing, that you're going through, that's giving you trouble. Just respond to it. Don't let it, you know, overcome you or defeat you. Yeah. You know, and they they look at me as like, yeah, this, this dude is really strong. Like, he... You are, man. Yeah, he, he know, and I, I appreciate that. I, I really try to be, I try to be that example for those for those kids and, and every, any, anybody. You know? Yeah, that's dope, man. And especially again, you 
coach at Carnell. You played there, so obviously the respect's already there. They know what you brought, you know. So um, I guess kind of uh, finishing off, kind of going back into the coaching aspect of it, man. Um, you said you installed a lot of a lot of game, a lot of wisdom on these kids, man. Uh, uh, what's some of What's your favorite part about coaching them? You know, uh, do you see do you see a lot of yourself in them? I assume. Um, yeah. Uh, as far, as far as a a player, I, I see myself in some of them. You know, mm. their the their ability and how gifted they are athletically. Yeah. I, I see a lot of myself in some of them, but in all of them, I, I do see myself in just how not lost they are, but just Trying to how figure much, it out. How much, yeah, just trying to figure out and just how much guidance they need. That's my favorite part of being a coach is just guiding them, being being guidance for them. And yeah. that's my main reason for getting into coaching was to make a difference. Word. You know, mm-hmm. not to not to get this kid to the NFL or the next level. It's to make a difference in some way in this kid's life. That's that's my main objective for being yeah. a coach. That's why I'm a coach. No, nah, man, that's mad dope, bro. Um, obviously doing big things, man. I'm going to have to come by the next time y'all in state next year because I'm already predicting y'all going to be there, so I might as well show up and uh, well, support. Yeah, we got all our starters coming back on offense except the quarterback. That's uh, big. Yeah, we got six starters on defense, two at D-line, two at linebacker, okay. two at defensive back. So we're going to be real loaded, real talented, and, you know, a lot of those kids that were leaders on the team last year that once they did come back. So gotcha. just like it was my senior, it should be real easy for them. You know, we yeah. shouldn't have to police them too much. They should be able to police themselves, hold each other accountable. And with this pandemic that's going on, we haven't had a lot of time to practice or yeah. even be together. Of but, you know, the way I preach adversity to them all the time, so they're just going to look at this as adversity, and they're mm-hmm. just going to respond to it, you know. So they're going to they're going to make up for the time. They're going to rebuild the brotherhood, the chemistry, sure. and I'm sure they already been staying together, working out yeah. and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know they'll get right back into it, and we'll make a run at this for sure, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Appreciate you breaking down the whole story, man. Appreciate uh, you having me. got to get down and everything, man, and. uh Good to have you, man. You're doing a big thing nowadays, mentoring the kids and everything like that, man. I'm going to have to uh, stop by practice or something, man. I'm yeah, anytime. Just let me sure, know. man. Uh, good to have you again. Uh, Hi, Yellow Podcast. Thank you, Noel Ellis, man. Uh-huh. We out.